Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, Meet the Manager is back. Our regular catch-up with the best advice from some of the community's top FPL managers of all time continues. Yes, we will focus on those with an incredible rank history, um, like our guest today. Uh, but we are adding to that by including some managers with an interesting story to tell, or just simply offering the FPL community something a little bit different, some unique insight and research that we really wanted to um find out a bit more about. So today I'm joined by Tino Wackett, who has racked up seven top 10k finishes across his 13-year FPL career, and he is 23,000 in the world this season. So, so far, he could be on course for an eighth top finish, and he's wildcarding this week, so watch out, everyone. Uh, what we do is find out a bit more about his career history, his tips for success, and then we'll be taking a look at his wild cards uh, as a snapshot of his thinking. To timestamp this, we are preparing for game week four of the 2021-22 season. Tino, how are you? Good. How are you, Joe? Thanks a lot for having me on the show. It's one of my uh, my all-time favorite shows, so really humbled to be on it. No, well, it's, it's, I'm, I'm delighted that, that you've agreed to come on. Um, we've been uh, introduced by a mutual friend, Karen, who's a, a Scoutcast regular. Um, of course. And he told me about you. He showed me your career history, and I thought he was showing me my career history. Because <laughs> your, career, <laughs> your career is almost identical. Same sort of ebb and flow with the, the ranks, same you know, good, good amount of ranks and then, and then same dips as well. So I'm very interested to find out a bit about how that is as well and whether some similarities with how yeah, I've been I mean, that, that's, that's, that's super reassuring, right? It means uh, I must be doing something right if you're doing it. Um, and we both probably are, uh, are on the luckier side. I'm sure friends will, uh, will say that it's a lot more luck than, uh, than skill, but yeah. uh, I'll take luck any day of the week. Definitely. Well, I, always, I obviously think it's skill. But, <laughs> but we should find out. Let's put this. Put your career history up then. Sure, um, sure. So this is. I mean, this is quite something, uh, really. So um, over your thirteen um, seasons, you've finished in the top ten k seven times. Um, in that, most of those have been in the top five k. And uh, back in twenty ten, there was a top five hundred finish as well. So um, before we look at the sort of nitty gritty, overall, really, there's been a huge consistency across those seasons. Were there, were there any common themes amongst them, your sort of key strategies each year that you've adopted? Yeah. Yeah. So it's, it's a very good question. I think, I mean, it's honestly the first time that I look at the history like year by year like that. Uh, actually, yeah, some, some, some quite 
good finishes uh, on there. I think the first one that I'll say is I have to admit uh, luck plays a lot oh. on my side always. So that that is a, that is a big part in FPL, and you have to roll with the punches when luck doesn't play your way. Um, I would say the second one for me is just being patient and not trying to go for differentials when the beginning of the season is not going well. I think I'm always or I've always been quite a slow starter. Um, takes me a while to really like get the strategy right and and to do well. And usually in the second part of the season, um, I, I tend to do a lot better than I do in the first part. I play the Christmas period and the busy periods quite well. Try to go for for uh, players that I feel will play every game that will have a good impact. And then I like the third one is I rely a lot on stats. Um, so on on uh, fancy football scout on a lot of different stats. I try to see like the the end product of different players, and I trust the stats that players that are showing good promise. And when I watch the games. I see that they're quite clinical, whether it's in assists or uh, finishing. I, I try to go for that. So what 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 sort of stats? I mean, there's a whole bunch of stats, expected stats, shots on target, chances created. Yeah. What Are there any specific stats for specific types of players? And, you know, how, how do you use stats? Yeah, so if we, if we start from the back, um, I think back line, I tend to look at the team stats versus the individual player stats. Mm. So I try to look at teams that have conceded the least amounts of, of shots or big chances. And I try to go for a good option within that team. Um, so like, and, and it's not usually teams that come to mind. Mm. So you would see teams like always Man City, Liverpool um, and the likes like usually rank quite well in there and they finish with a lot of clean sheets. Mm. But every year you get one or two different teams that are creating very few chances. Brighton, for example, in the last couple of seasons, even though like, the, the clean sheets didn't live up to their potential for a couple of seasons, but they're always a team that concedes very little chances. So I trust in that. And over a stretch of a season, you will get a defender that racks up at least eight to 12 clean sheets. Mm -hmm. um, and if that defender is at a 4.5 or maximum of five, um, if there is any attacking uh, prowess that that, that that player shows, then it's an added benefit. So in the back, I tried to look for chances conceded. Now, uh, in the midfield and, and the strikers, I, I look at like the chances created, big chances created for assist potential, and definitely shots uh, on target and big chances and the conversion rates. Mm -hmm. um, and I think the conversion rate specifically is, is an important point because like I've been bitten by that before, like multiple times where you see a player that's taken a lot of shots, like Mitrovic, for example, mm -hmm. like a player that would just shoot on sight but the chances are not big and the conversion rate's very low. So they lose bonus points and they don't end up scoring and you end up sticking with them because you think they're going to like score next versus when you look at a son playing, I mean, he gets much fewer chances, fewer chances created, but is super clinical. So I think combining these stats with watching, I think is, has, has worked well so far. Do you tend to um, look at, say, say I, I tend to look at, say, last four weeks, last six weeks data, but also bear in mind over a longer period as well. How do you, what sort of time scale do you look at with stats? I mean, because you seem to be, like you mentioned my team, Brighton, there. And, yeah. and, and it's, that, that seemed to be um, an attitude that developed over a season or two, really, worth of stats. Yeah, so so in in um, goalkeepers and defenders, I look at home and away form, um, and I, I look at a longer period because it's very rare to see a team that just develops a consistent system of play that like 
that lets opponents have less or fewer, uh, less or more chance. So in terms of the back line, um, I tried to look for a longer period. I think up front, it's, it's a lot of it is based on form. So if you see a player hitting form, first thing I look at is, is that happening? Uh, is that a freak um, like situation where a player took four shots and scored three goals? Is it penalties or is it consistently that person's in the box having big chances um, and, and the position of that player is great. So I look at four to six weeks max when I look at midfielders and attackers. Okay. Um, looking at um, things like um, expected stats. So a lot of things you've described to me are what goes into expected stats. But do you pay much uh, attention to them? Or do you, do you essentially, you've already done that work in your head already because you're looking at yeah. the other stats? I, I don't do it. So I don't look at the expected oh. goals, expected assists. But in a way, like in, in my mind, I'm trying to calculate it, not as quantitatively. Mm -hmm. But I think um, just looking at the numbers and seeing what is the conversion rate, like who's top in terms of attempts, big chances, all of that. So it translates probably to the same thing. Mm -hmm. um, and I think the important part and that's why like when you look at the last two season finishes i i didn't finish quite high is that mm -hmm. i didn't really watch the game like all the games that much last couple of years um specifically like after the COVID break that month and a half where there was yeah. a game every day i just couldn't keep up so i didn't really know like i didn't marry the stats to the the eye test right and i think this is where it's super important when you see stats is to watch the games, know how the player plays, see the positions, because sometimes a blocked shot is not seen as a positive stat, but a blocked shot like Lukaku's in Liverpool, like if Van Dijk wasn't there, that's a goal. Um, and that's everyone flocking to get Lukaku, right? So it's like the, the eye test is quite important as well. You, you mentioned about um, looking at home and away form as well, because that, that can be quite, particularly with um, some of the, the more mid-table or, or lower sides, they can be... They can be quite good at home, but very all very poor away, as well. But did um, has the last two years with with COVID and the lack of fans has that impacted on the way? Because that seems that's your style to look at home and away, and we haven't really had home and away. There's been no fans. Yeah, I mean, initially um, I was a bit naive, thinking that even without fans, like players playing on the same stadium yeah. like every other week would get more used to it. But if you look at the clean sheet stats. Like I think prior to 2019, like it was like a 59% or a 60% chance of a home team getting a clean sheet. During COVID, it was just like, there is absolutely no correlation between playing home and away. Mm. Now it seems like it's coming back with the fans. So it's great. I probably like didn't realize that at all over the two years. I was probably too stubborn doing yeah. what I do like usually. And, and, and it, come around, it came around and bit me, right? Like two like worse than than a hundred thousand finishes which is the worst that i've done like since i started i know not bad but it's only just only just on the outside of the top 100k yeah. so it's not not um not not far away from uh 100k i mean i suppose everton were an example of that they were the team that caught me out a lot last season historically i've always thought everton at home great um great crowds they're gonna they do okay and, and i did the same thing and, and they were absolutely awful at home so yeah i mean the, 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 there are players that just don't work for you right like mm. lucas dinier uh richarlison like there are some players that i just feel cursed getting yeah. every time i try to get them before a good run of form um and it just doesn't happen 
Um, and last year specifically with Everton, it was just super weird. I've never seen a team uh, do that much better away from home than at home. I mean, even Manchester United now, what, 26 or 27 unbeaten away. But still, their record at home is quite strong and they perform well at home. So that Everton stat, like, is 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 just insane. Like, it, it, yeah. And I, I attribute a big part to it, the COVID. Yeah, definitely. Um, you mentioned about sort of being a slow starter. So um, one thing you do is, uh, one of the questions I ask is about attitude to risk. And it, sound, it sounds like you play safe early on and then you take the risk to, to move forward um, towards the end of the season. Is, is, that, is that a fair um, gauge? Yeah, I mean, that, that's a fair assessment and that's why I'm playing my wild card now. Oh. Uh, so, so it's actually a, a very interesting week to be on the show. Yeah. Um, so I thought a lot about it. Um, the team has been doing well and I fall in that trap often. Like at the beginning of the season, I get a set of players. I try to give them more time to say that, let me wait. I don't want to like lose points on additional transfers in the beginning. And the last two seasons specifically, I think I wildcarded like very close to the January deadline. And then as soon as I wildcarded, I saw that I have another wildcard. Yeah. So then I was wondering, why did I wait so long to take a gamble? And this year specifically, and I'm sure we, we'll chat about the team in a bit, but there's so many interesting aspects that are like in different players that are coming in that if you catch one of them early, I think you'll benefit a lot. Mm. If you don't catch one of them early, um, and you end up, yeah, I mean, you end up getting a player that you, you you don't think you got at the right time. It's always for me, I think, a bit better to get a player early than to wait and to get him when everyone else gets him because you can captain him early. And if you do that, and I did that a couple of years with Kane. I mean, Kane's usually like a non-getter for August, but people wait too long to get Kane in September when mm. he starts scoring. So with Kane, I've always tried to get him in like with a good home game at the beginning of September. And it's usually paid off and it starts to, to go better and people start to get him later on. He becomes template and you don't gain that much by having him. No, that's it. I mean, he's a player like that. And I guess we're seeing that with, say, Ronaldo at the moment, where there's there's players that can get a, they can hover around the sort of 10, 15, 20% ownership. So you're getting that benefit, even if they're captained. And then they do well. Within a couple of weeks, they're looking at 30, 40%. So as you said, you, exactly. you, you can't gain it. So going, going early, this is, you know, we, I heard a lot of content about not wildcarding, but it's good, refreshing, especially because I'm wildcarding as well, to hear the benefits yeah, I mean, of wildcarding. I mean, the, pre the pressure that, that you hear people talking about and talking in, um, in the different forums and, and different websites and shows, like, hey, like the best thing to do is to wildcard game week six yeah, yeah. because this is when something happens. I, I don't think there's a best time to wildcard. I think it's probably more gut than the state of the team. I felt that there were some players like Simikas, he was not going to play again. I had Barnes, mm. who was a hopeless case. Like I just didn't see him bouncing back from the first three weeks. Um, I saw Ronaldo coming in. I watched a couple of games. Like I'm an Arsenal fan. I watched the, the Chelsea game. And when that game finished, I was like, I need to get Lukaku in. <laughs> so I, again, a lot of it is, is also gut feeling and you knowing when to take a gamble. And I think early in the season, it's much better to take a gamble because the price rises will happen. If Ronaldo, like, which I hope happens, like does well versus Newcastle, it's 0 0.2. Uh, pricing difference with next week. If you get him in at the beginning of the week and someone gets injured, that's Champions League. So I just think 
like delaying it too much um, has cost me in the last couple of seasons. So I'm trying to something different. Um, with the captaincy, do you, I mean, do you often, do you take any risks or is it the same methods? You sort of take more risks towards the end or you, you just go for the, you know, the Salah, the Canes? Yeah, Cap- captains, I mean, I captained Antonio last week, which paid off. Mm-hmm. But it's honestly one of the only times where I've captained uh, a sub eight price player. I mean, maybe maybe Clint Dempsey back in the day, and like there were some like good bargains that were quite yeah. interesting to captain at certain times. But mm-hmm. I think if you have a Salah or a Fernandez to an extent, a Ronaldo, someone who will take at least like six seven shots a game, uh, the team will dominate possession, um, and you know they'll get a couple of good looks. I think it's a bit too risky to captain someone where like you feel that if the game doesn't start well, the team will not react well. And yeah, so I, I trust more, not, not necessarily a premium, but a good player on a good team that will take big chances on goal. And I, I, I've never, I think, captain a defender ever. Okay, um, so, that's good. Yeah. I, I have twice my time Leighton Baines that work out? Leighton Baines I think he got me six points so it sort of okay. worked out and Shane yeah. Duffy and that didn't work out <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah uh, I mean the, the the yeah the challenging thing with captaining a defender is that you're frightened the entire game yeah. trying like see, like watching the game you're like every time the opponent has has the ball you're like frightened that they score yeah. it's much more fun to watch a player try and score yeah Definitely. Um, in terms of um, the formations you use, now I I, I like three four three and three five two. If I can can find a playing striker at four point five, um, but what what about you? Do you have a particular favoured formation, or, or are you quite flexible? Yeah. So I I rare. I mean, I've never gone five at the back in a lineup. I think ever. Um, I think I very rarely go with four at the back. I think switching between a five in the middle and a three up top differs year by year based on like who are the the options that you have. So I think everyone this season in a way, or most people this season started with two up top. Um, I think some people started with Ings, Antonio and Dominic Calvert-Lewin and, and it has been working well, but I think over the next period, like the three up top will, will probably be the big thing. You have too yeah. many options up front, yeah. the players getting bonuses, um, or like BPS points for scoring a goal, attackers get more and attackers will like, you have the Ronaldo's, the Canes, Lukaku's, like you have so many different options up top and it feels like it's a wasted, yes, granted most of them are quite expensive, but it feels like three up top is is probably the way to go. The question for me, and, and that's what I'm thinking through the wild card, do I go three in the middle um, and go very heavy up top uh, which I haven't done before. I've never had two 4.5 minutes. Or do I go with a slightly cheaper forward that I play a 3-4-3? Yeah, I mean, I've uh, in the past, I've gone for... Um, it's a particular type of midfielder that I always call the key, the key to a wild card. It unlocks the others. And it's the player I always wait for. It's that five, 5.5 million midfielder yeah. that I can play as my fourth midfielder. I can get a 4.5 midfielder in and bench them and essentially I can go three I can go four but there are players I think in the past say Fraser at um, Bournemouth yeah. has been a good example yeah. Mares is probably the most exciting um, yeah. Rams, uh, Ramsey at Arsenal Ram, first season yeah, exactly yeah. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. I, I wait for that player and I don't know if there is that player this time And um, but I think 
say for example Damari Gray currently yeah. could, could be yeah. Um, yeah. and Odegaard at Arsenal if Arsenal could become good <laughs> yeah I mean let, let's see about Arsenal I think this year I don't know if intentionally or not but a lot of these options that should have been at 5.5 are at 6 yeah like yeah. Benrama, uh Trincao uh, Traore, like a lot of players really haven't scored well last year, but they're at six for some odd reason. Mm. So I did feel like that bracket of midfielders that's usually at a 5.5, this year is sitting at a six. Even even the Mari Gray coming in at 5.5, you can argue is, is quite high yeah. um, to what was expected of him. So I think this year, the 5.5 bracket hasn't been doing at least, yeah, I mean, yeah, hasn't been doing very well. Mm. That's why I'm thinking, like, is it worth like sticking to a six, and which is a 1.5 difference from a 4.5, or like pushing uh, someone to a Lukaku up top, or just trying to go for a four or a 4.5 okay. in the back and playing that person week in week out. Okay. Just before we have a look at your team, so I mean, certainly wet, whetted the appetite there to look at it, um, especially you know considering the three, three. Four three three, get it right. Um, but um, looking at that, there I wanted about hits as well. So you're wildcarding now. Some people are taking some hits now to get Lukaku, Ronaldo in, um, moving, moving, shuffling some of their bench players. Um, wh- what is your general attitude to hits? Do you do you take them sometimes, or do you try and avoid them? Yeah, I, I mean I do take them sometimes. Very rarely more than a minus four, uh, and very rarely two weeks in a row. Um, so I would probably, if I like, if I feel the state of the team is is definitely not somewhere where it should be, and I want to do a couple of like big changes, I'd save transfers for a week, go for three transfers. That's usually how I lose like the minus four, um, minus eight very rarely. Um, but again, like it, it goes down to the stats and the gut. If you feel a player will start an inflection point and will start to do well especially at the beginning of the season because price changes make such a big difference in your long-term performance if your team value is 100 versus being 105 at christmas like it's a it's a whole like it's a, it's an unfair advantage versus the rest of the teams and i think people that manage that well um and get to a good team value by christmas um and i think it's been one of the things that, I, that i've managed to do well it really helps you in the second part of the season Definitely. Okay, well, let's have a look at your uh, team, your game week for wildcard team. So you've give, you've sent me two teams. So we'll, the one we'll put up, um, and then we can talk about the other one. The one we put up is your plan A, and then you've got yeah. a, a plan B as well. So um, yeah, ho- hopefully they're they're in the notes for you there. This is the four three three. So do you want to run run through who you've got and some of the reasons why you've chosen them? Yeah, sure. Um, so. First of all, as I was saying, it was a super difficult decision to wildcard. I just felt I just felt I really wanted Ronaldo and Lukaku. Like I've watched Fernandez last couple of games. He felt a bit off off the pace, not just in terms of points scored, but in terms of chances created, shots on goal, all of that. And it just felt to me that with Ronaldo coming, like most teams Ronaldo played in are Ronaldo teams. Like everything revolves around it. The comments Ole made uh, around Ronaldo, like he's not getting him in, sit on the bench. Like for me, he's going to lead that United team. Um, and he's all like we've seen him with Portugal over the international break. Like he can score from the, the like the half a chance. I think he'll take on penalties. 
free kicks probably Bruno keeps. Uh, but again, like like the conversion rate for Ronaldo on, on free kicks is not great as well. So like I like the instigator for the wild card for me was Ronaldo coming in. I could have gotten him for a minus four, um, but I felt that Lukaku. Like when I watched him versus Arsenal, when I've seen what he does with Belgium, I think even if he has a couple of tough fixtures coming up, he could nick a goal versus Spurs or City. And then you would really want him later on. So then do I really need to wait for another three weeks to get him in when everyone is going to get him? Or do I try to get him early and 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 just bank on the chance that he does well in one or two uh, games? Uh, he will get the chances, right? Like even, even in Liverpool... Like in the first half before they got the player sent off, he got a couple of decent half chances that he could have scored. I think these are the two pillars for me of, of the wild card. Lukaku, Ronaldo, Antonio is self-explanatory. Um, I mean, the, the, the guy has been fantastic, right? Um, and then with Benrama starting that strong and me having him from the beginning, that enabled me as well to create that like front three. Um, Salah is always there. Uh, I am Egyptian, so I am a bit biased as well. Yeah. But he's he's always rewarded. Like maybe there are some frustrations around some games, but he'll get you 250 points a season, no matter what. Um, so for me, very good captain material. Like he's he's the premium option in midfield. Rafinha hasn't done super well so far, but he plays in that like free role at Leeds. Um, quite an attacking team. Um, always lively, always willing to play on goal. So, so someone that I want to... And, and their fixture turn, turn is quite good as yeah. well. Like they have some decent fixtures coming up. From game week um, five, so, yeah. So do, you, do you feel that with uh, Dan James joining Leeds, uh, Rafinha, I'm not saying his, his, his position is, will be in doubt, but um, it, no matter where he plays, for example, perhaps his influence on a game. Yeah, I mean, I think Harrison might be the one that sacrifices a bit more. I think maybe he puts Dan James at right back. Like, I don't think Dan James comes in and threatens Rafinha a lot. I think maybe Rodrigo rests. Like, I think Rafinha having that number 10 number, uh, just, I mean, going to the Brazilian national team now. Like, I think he's made the team a bit more his own. Mm -hmm. His link-up play is quite good as well with Bamford. So, I, yeah, I mean, I'll, I'll keep trusting him. Um, as long as he keeps playing most of the games and, and keeps the shooting on goal and keeps getting into dangerous dangerous positions. Um, with your, your back line, so you've got four at the back as well. Alexander-Arnold, I, I don't think we need to dwell on that too much. You've you explained your reasoning about chance creation. But is there anything else you wanted to add about Alexander-Arnold or was he, is he just oh, I mean, he, he's He's a midfielder that plays as a... Like for me, like he operates as a midfielder with chances created, free kicks, corner kicks, like... He's honestly a steal at 7.5. So he's in my team unless he's injured. Um, Then Diaz is one that, like for me, when I started the season, I said, who's a season keeper? Who's someone that's going to rack in a lot of points? He's week in, week out in that Manchester City lineup. They are the team that for probably the past couple of years has had the least chances on target of any team. Um, we've seen him now with an assist, like he gets the odd bonus point. He, he goes up in corners. So I'm, I'm hoping for a good season for him. He's a set and forget option for me. So I'm just leaving, leaving him in there for now. Um, now, uh, Ben White. Um, so um, a good defender at Leeds and at Brighton. Uh, Arsenal, we don't really know. He's only had a game and then he got COVID. Um, yeah. But why, why, is, why is White in there? Yeah. So I think, I mean, I am a huge Arsenal fan, right? It doesn't, it doesn't, 
doesn't have an influence over my selection, but I really believe the last season Arsenal defense was quite strong. And the first three games of this season, like the entire team was nearly injured. Not saying Arsenal will have a good finish, but when Gabriel comes back, um, we play three at the back, a three, a three, um, a three center back partnership. I think the team will get stronger. The run of fixtures that's coming up is, is quite decent as well. Um, I originally had um, uh, Tottenham uh, defender Sanchez mm-hmm. uh, in there. I didn't catch the dire um, price increase. They have Romero coming in. I don't know where he plays. Um, I had Cody in there for a while. Not a very exciting option. Um, so I, I do think White is now at 4.4. Maybe even gets to 4.3 by the yeah. deadline. I'm not sure. Um, so I, I, I mean, I just transferred them out after I sent you the screenshot to wait for, for, for the 4.3 to happen. But I think he's probably a steal at 4.3, 4.4, if Arsenal can turn things yeah. around. Um, now, you've also got, um, this is where some people might look at this team and go, ah, you've got Ben White and you've got Shane Duffy who will be uh, competing for a place in the Brighton back line. Plus there's Williams there, um, who yeah. is uh, the 4.0 Norwich uh, option. Um, yeah. So um, I think Williams is safe, we think. Yeah. Duffy might not be, but they are all good options. Is that what you, is this, is this a, a rare example of a risk for you? Yeah, I mean, the, honestly, the two risks in there are White and Duffy. Um, so for me, Duffy, well, it was what, eight shots on, on target in the first three games. Um, they have conceded goals, but they, they, they did look quite quite good. Like I, I didn't feel in any of the games that they were overrun. I think um, Graham like Potter ha- has, has gone out and spoke positively about him. I thought he would potentially leave by the deadline. Um, he didn't. I, I am taking a gamble that he keeps his place. If he keeps his place, I think he's going to score maybe five, six goals this season. Um, He's super dangerous in all the crosses. And I do really trust the Brighton back line, hence the double Sanchez and Duffy. Um, I wouldn't play him every week. Um, Again, like I have um, uh, Williams in there Mm -hmm. as well that I think could be a threat going forward. I think he plays every single week. We saw him at Man U in some of the games. He's quite, quite good going forward. So that for me, like the Duffy Williams one is, is a bit of a gamble. And then the white one is, I basically am I'm banking on Arsenal getting more solid defense. Um, you've gone for um, in uh, Sanchez at the back as well for Brighton. So I guess that covers you for Brighton if you are wrong about Duffy. Yeah, exactly, back. exactly. So I'm, ke- I'm keeping Sanchez for the season. I think he's an excellent goalkeeper. Um, and I do think at 4.5, really, really a steal. Um, and I... And I they, they fundamentally have not changed too much about no. their DNA. No. Whereas you, you talk about newly promoted sides, maybe a goalkeeper does well first two, three weeks or like does a lot of saves, but Brighton are a solid unit. Uh, they play quite compact. Um, so I trust Sanchez. Duffy, I have in there as a good option. I couldn't go for, uh, for um, the, uh, my namesake, Tino uh, Livramento mm-hmm. from, um, from Southampton. So I could have, I mean, I have, I have the money to go for him, mm-hmm. but I just feel I want to give Duffy a bit more chance mm-hmm. um, to see if he continues to play. If not, then it's an easy chance. And I think he keeps his place at Southampton. So Okay. Um, in, in midfield, you've got Allen and Gilmore as well. Um, they, they both should play and they both have, have potential. Um, was, um, 
Yeah, that, that, that sort of double 4.5 midfield, do you feel that that might catch you out of trying to go for, say, for example, a Greenwood or a Jota or a, um, uh, a Mason Mount? Yeah, that's exactly my plan B. So that's, ah. that's, the final, that's the final decision that I'm thinking through. Like I've never gone with two 4.5s in the middle. So there is an option to downgrade Lukaku for the next three games, mm -hmm. which I have a gut that I should not. Uh, but downgrading Lukaku to Calvert-Lewin if okay. he's past So this is your, your plan B game. would be Lukaku down to Calvert-Lewin. So that's three million suddenly freed up. Exactly. And where These would that three million go? million go to Gilmore to Mount or Gilmore to Jota. Mm -hmm. If Firmino is confirmed out injured, Jota is a good option. Um, at least for the next two or three games. Leeds, we know, play quite open. They do well against the top six, uh, home and away. But I think could be an open game. Mm -hmm. Then they have Crystal Palace at home. We know Jota is, is quite a clinical finisher. Um, so that could be a good option. Having said that, like, yeah, I, the having um, Jota and Calvert-Lewin uh, instead of having just Lukaku, that's the final decision that I'll, that I'll make over the next week or so. Definitely. Um, I mean, it, I think it, I think that plan B would be um, it, it could be more flexible, perhaps, um, because, um, yeah, there are so many options. It's something we'll be discussing on this week's Scoutcast. And I, I'm wildcarding as well. And I want a million places. <laughs> there are so what, many. What are your what are your thoughts? What are, are you going a three, four, three? I'm, or, I'm uh... thinking of a three, four, three. Um, but I am undecided like you, and I think a lot of wildcarders are, and I think it pays to be undecided. Um, you know, we are quite open and, and flexible to things, but I, I, I'm looking at Ronaldo, Antonio, Calvert-Lewin, or Jimenez, one of those two. Ah, okay, interesting, and interesting. I already have Greenwood. I'm going to be making a big profit on him, and I, I can't see any reason to drop him until perhaps I want Mason Mount. So I'm going to keep Greenwoods. So it's a case of Salah, Greenwoods, and maybe Jota. And I'm interested in Torres as well, just as a set and forget. He might play, he might not. But if he's up front for Manchester City, I'd quite like him. Um, so they're the sort of yeah. players I'm looking at. But it, it, it requires sacrifices somewhere. So I don't have a Diaz. Um, yeah. I'm looking at, say, a Christensen at Chelsea. Um, okay. And and so it's that it's it's what you've been talking about really. It's 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 the sacrifices you have to make elsewhere, but they could pay off. And for example, the team we've got on here, Ronaldo and Lukaku, is potent, isn't it? <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. But I, I mean, you you make a great point, right? Like the the struggle with having an inflexible team is when you see players starting to pick up steam or stats starting mm -hmm. to improve. Like, basically, I, I probably only have, a, like, these two positions in midfield that are Benrama and Rafinha mm. to play around with, and they're close to the 6.5. Yeah. So it's tough to stretch to that 7.5 bracket, which has a lot of good options this year. Mm. And this is why, like, for me, the plan A versus plan B, plan B gives me a lot more optionality. Plan A, the benefit of it is getting Lukaku early. So that's probably what I'm thinking about. The structure of the team doesn't change in the back i think for me that much i think it's the it's the fourth midfielder option and having calvert lewin now he he's not past fit yet like i i read a comment like he had a broken toe he had i don't know a hamstring so the guy seems like he's nursing a lot of <laughs> if, he, if he's past fit for burnley 
Um, he, he has had a great start to the season, not just from the penalties. Like his stats are, have been amazing. Yeah, definitely. Um, I mean, the way I, th- I I look at that as well is because it's sort of future planning. Game week seven, as you said, everyone's going to want Lukaku. This great Chelsea run starts. And for, for, for those like me and many others, the only real way is to get rid of one of Salah or Ronaldo. But if you start with all three of them, then you can find you have to you, you don't have to find the money for Lukaku. He's already there. So yeah, that, exactly. that is the benefit of what you've got. You've sort of, I would imagine, you second guess game week seven. What's going to go through my head and others? And how do I get Lukaku? Bye-bye Ronaldo. But for you, hello? Yeah. And I mean, if, if you think that Mount can cover Lukaku, I think that's fine. Um, I, like, again, I, I look at the forward line and I think Ronaldo and Lukaku score at least 20 goals this season. Um, and if that happens, then having them early and, and laboring maybe one or two weeks when they're not scoring the goals mm-hmm. will pay off in the end. Um, they're very strong captain materials. I doubt that I would captain Mount mm-hmm. um, in, in a good Chelsea game. So I think that for me as well plays plays a bit in it. Yeah, definitely. Um, and I, I, I think I'm just go back to that game week game week seven because um, that is that is the decision people are going to make. And so this we're looking ahead to game week four ahead of game week seven, which is when other people might be considering wildcarding. It's a good time to. Um, we've got game week five, six and seven. So we've got three three transfers left. What yeah. is, how do you plan to use your three transfers before game week seven? Yeah, I mean, if, if I go with, if I go with Lukaku, Ronaldo and Salah, like I want to see that they're delivering over the next three games. If I see one of them not really delivering at that level i think each one of them has a good a good alternative like salah i'm probably not going to transfer out but there's jota Mm. uh ronaldo i mean let's see how greenwood comes along like if he continues to play continues to shoot on side good stats then honestly maybe maybe you avoid the bruno ronaldo point and just have greenwood in there and lukaku you have the mount point so i think i mean if I wait a week and then two tra- two free transfers just to downgrade one of them and to upgrade the f- the fifth mid or the fourth mid that I have, I I, I think it's it's worth probably starting a bit, bit more risky and switching to what most people will switch to in uh, in the wild card in, in seven uh, because now we haven't seen Ronaldo yet we haven't seen like Lukaku up to the full potential yet so I think a lot of people are just waiting it out to see. And I, I feel I want to take a bit of a chance on these players. And if it doesn't work out, I'll convert to like uh, a more steady, flexible format. Mm. One, one thing I like about this plan of your, of your plan A and, and your plan B is you've got the most expensive player in each outfield category. Alexander-Arnold, Salah, yeah. Ronaldo, or could be Kane. Yeah. And therefore that is really flexible. So even though you, you were saying... Um, uh, plan B is perhaps more flexible. Plan A is still flexible because, yeah. yeah, ultimately there is there is still Salah, Ronaldo, and Alexander Arnold. They can be moved if needs be. Yeah, exactly. And I think that I mean, for me, those three players specifically, like, will will all get even above two hundred points. Like, I think maybe may, maybe Trent gets something like one hundred and seventy, one hundred and eighty. Hopefully, again, if he's if he's injury free for the season, but. He could, ha- and, and I was bitten by that in the game where he scored and assisted four times. Like he had a, a bit of a bad run beforehand, 
uh, versus, uh, like before that Leicester game. I transferred them out. He got 24 points. The game ended. I transferred them in and I said, sorry, Trent, never again. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm never transferring you out again. Definitely. Um, there is uh, one team that's admitted here, uh, Wolves. Um, now, in some of the tables I was looking at, I, they do appear to have been unfortunate not to have scored more. But are you yeah. looking at something else with the eye test? Is Jimenez perhaps not back to his old self? Is Traore still that fast guy that you don't stop but can't score? I mean, what, what, what's your attitude? You mentioned Cody is a bit boring. <laughs> what's your, yeah, what's your yeah. attitude to Wolves? Yeah, so I mean, I, the 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 Man U game, they were super unlucky not to score. Like that that like goal line clearance by uh, Juan Bisaka, like they they really should have scored. I I still haven't seen Jimenez get back to his old self. Like I think he's he's on the periphery of things. I haven't seen him really at the forefront of it. So I would like to see a bit more from him before I get him in because there's so many premium, like there's so many great attacking options. Like I would much rather go Calvert Lewin than than Jimenez at the moment. Um, although I like he used to be one of my favorite players, always in my team, super consistent. Mm-hmm. I think since the injury, given a lot of his goals with headers as well, you don't know if it's like also not easy for him mentally to get into that that frame of mind that he was at before. Um, the defensive line, yeah, I mean Cody, you said it. Like it's a bit of a bore. Like even though White is also a center back, it, I don't know. I usually feel like white can do a bit more attackingly yeah. than uh, Cody. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and again, the midfield, I really like Trincao. Now he's at 5.9. Yeah. Um, like he, he should have had a, a clear goal the last game. Um, does take on opponents, does attack. Uh, but, and, and that's the option I was considering instead of Rafinha. Like yeah. when I was thinking about Rafinha, if the fixtures had turned quite bad on Rafinha, Dan James was coming in, um, and he hasn't really performed in the first three weeks. I would have said probably Triori out of the out of the three. Like he looked lethal against United. The end product is still not fully there, but it's it feels like this year it's a matter of time until he starts scoring. Like he's playing most of the games now. Usually he used to either come in as a sub or just do 60, 65 mm. minutes. I think he's he's gonna grow into that team a lot more this year than than years before. So he's one of the best, I think. Six six point oh uh, price uh, price options. I guess, I guess uh, an escape route from for Ben Rama and Rafina as well. Hundred percent. Yeah. Hundred um, percent. So good fixtures there. Um, just looking back, you know, on your career in general, and also looking ahead to your game week four wild card. Is there anything else you wanted to add, really, um, that you felt that we haven't spoken about so far? No, just. Uh... No, I, I thought it was a great, great conversation. It's great to see that I, I mirror some of your finishes. I would just probably tell my friends um, and, and co-workers that a lot of it is, is probably skill, not just luck. Yes, uh, it's skill. <laughs> they make fun of me all the time that I'm the luckiest person on earth. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, so yeah, no, it's, it's a lot of fun. I think the stats, stats are great. Um, and I think just, yeah, trusting your gut at the end because there's so many people that will tell you like, hey, it's crazy. Like, you've been doing well. Why are you wildcarding? Like, your team doesn't need a wild card. If you feel it, do it. Like, it's at the end of the day, trust your gut and, and go for it. Yeah, I always think as well with the wild card. one of the factors I, I actually decided on using my wild card before Ronaldo, um, I dead-ended my team by getting rid of Salah for Song. And one of the reasons is is that I wanted to use it now because I, I don't really like the chips and I don't really like the wild card. And I think while it's always there, 
<laughs> I think I think it's gonna it's gonna make me um, just enjoy the game a bit more as as the yeah. weeks go on. I can make moves. I I I haven't got this sort of mass overhaul of my team, you know, in the, um, on the back seat, ready and waiting. Yeah, and I feel. I feel nervous this week, and maybe you do as well with the World Cup. But I feel I, 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 mean, I feel super nervous. It's like Christmas shopping, right? Yeah, like it is. You go in, you have like a ton of options. You can choose whatever you want, and then the worst feeling after a wild card is if you look at your previous team and you're like, "Oh, my previous team did better than my than my initial one." But then the thing with the wild card is that you need to think long term, yeah. uh, not just like try to get players for the next two or three. And and that's what I was thinking with Lukaku a bit as well, like. He's a player I really want for the entire season. So do I really need to like wait until the perfect opportunity or do I get him in and trust that he's a quality striker who will score on half a chance? Chelsea will dominate games and he'll score in one of those. So that's, yeah. It's, yeah. Uh, but but I, I agree with you. Like I don't like the chips that much. Triple captain has never worked for me, I think. Never. Like no. I've always, always played it at the wrong time with the wrong player. Whether money gets injured or like it's just been terrible. I've only had one where it's worked, and I think it was, and it wasn't that amazing. It was Payet when he was at West Ham. I got seven points, so it was twenty-one. Yeah, <laughs> but I, that was the highest I've ever got with a triple captain. Um, so <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yes, yeah. I'll, I'll probably this year. I'm, I, I did promise uh, myself at the beginning of the year. I'll do it in a non-double game week, week, yeah. because I've done it now for the past what since it's been live, like maybe five years yeah. or so. Like triple captain in a double game week, every single time. Yeah. Either a player plays one game only, gets injured, the games are not great. It's too much towards the end of the season to really like call how things will go. Whereas people that I've seen play it at like uh, uh, Aguero home to Newcastle <laughs> game week six like super hat trick it's, it's just like yeah I think there was wasn't there one where when Naldon when he was at New have I got this muddled up when he was at Newcastle and he scored yeah. four goals improbably <laughs> yeah I mean he, he's definitely done it before yeah. I mean I, I hope he does it again next week right like <laughs> if he does it next week and we have a bit on what he's still on 14% or so who's which this is quite high for a, 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 is it high no no sorry which player is this again sorry uh, Ronaldo oh Ronaldo sorry I was talking about Winaldum but yeah no that was the um, uh, the oddest single captaincy triple captaincy in a single game week I ever saw pay off but no yeah, you're right yeah, about Ronaldo that must, be, that must be one of his relatives probably. R- Ronaldo this week rested he's back he you know missed the last Portugal games through suspension he's back it's going to be I mean, if you are going to use a triple captaincy, we can't. We just use that wild card. But um, if you are, this is maybe. Yeah, I'm, I'm so happy that I now use my wild card so I can't use my triple captain. Yeah. Yeah. That, that's, a big, yeah. that's a big decision it's to tempting. make. But if you call it right, mm. Ronaldo comes in first game at home with supporters. Newcastle, like he, he, he does score well against them. Uh, yeah, I mean, that's, that's qu- quite, quite a story. Brilliant. Um, Tino, thanks so much for joining me. Um, it's been great to get insight into your career, um, but also um, find out a bit about your Game Week 4 wildcard because um, some people might look at your career history and think, oh, that's quite a risky move for, for Game Week 4. But obviously you are you know, mixing it up a bit and, and taking the odd risks 
uh, whether you know a good calculated risk. But um, good luck with your game week four Walker. Good luck with your season. Good luck with your hopefully your eighth top ten k finish. And um, and thanks so much for joining me. Yeah, thank thank you so much. Likewise, like good luck with your uh, with your wild card. I think uh, only time will prove if we've uh, pulled it too early or not. Definitely. All right. Thank you so much.